Hey, what's up, y'all? This is AJ. This is Bryce. And we are Filter, Filter No, no Filter, Filter Brothers. Brothers. And today we have a, a kind of serious show today. You think it's serious? I, I think it's, it's serious. serious. Well, let, let me say. It's real. It, it's real and it touches home because I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Believer. And this topic is, is interesting. It could be controversial. Could be. Could be. Very. So hopefully we can get to it. But today we have a special, special guest with us today. We have pastor, founder, politician, Leslie E. Jones with us today. Yes. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Glad to be here. What's the E for? <laughs> Excellence. Oh, there you go. There See, you go. This okay. is the start of our show. Here All we right. go. <laughs> Oh, excellent. Okay. But Pastor Leslie E. Jones is the pastor and founder of Truth and Destiny Covenant Ministries. And what part of town is this? Mount Airy. Mount Airy. Mount Airy. Mount Airy. So if you're looking for a church that accepts all people, no matter where you are. Who now, you, you, are, you mean all? You mean all? All people. Or selected all? All people. Okay. Uh, you can come to Truth and Destiny. What's the address, Pastor? 2645 West North Bend. You know what? You know, this is the highest point in the city of Cincinnati. The water tower sits on the highest point in the city of Cincinnati. Oh, wow. Okay. Power, it's the most powerful corner, too, right? Water and light right next. So come on, get some power. Plug in. What okay. time is service on Sundays? 1230, because we know who we minister to. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so you get to sleep in. That's right. Okay. Yeah, you get to sleep in from Saturday night, the partying, then you get up Sunday. Come wow, that's excellent. And if you don't want to leave your home, you can watch us on Facebook Live. Okay. At Truth and Destiny. All right. Okay, so let's let's jump into it. Let's hear a little bit about you, where you are, what you're doing here in Cincinnati. Are you from here? No, I got stuck here now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not from Cincinnati. I've been here almost uh, 31 years. That seems like a long time, but um, I was a, you know, freshly out of college, out of undergrad when I moved to Cincinnati and thought this was gonna kind of be a pit stop um, and actually had prepared to move and was gonna be moving to um, the Atlanta area, had a new job lined up and everything and sort of on that, that path, you know, to go. And uh, we were packed up, ready to go. And um, God kind of sent a, a stranger to confirm some things for me. I've been wrestling with whether or not to start a church or um, you know, answering this call to ministry. And so um, guy said to me at a gas pump, you know, sometimes the path that we're on isn't the path that we're on. And I look at him like, hmm, I don't know you. I don't even know what you're talking about. So you're saying a stranger. A stranger. I knew. Who, I had no idea who this guy was. I'm at the gas pump pumping my gas and I'm wrestling this thing over in my mind because I had felt a call to ministry and I had been in ministry for a while but you know things in Cincinnati just didn't seem like this was the place so I was gonna move and um, the company I was working with at the time um, had an opening in Atlanta area and I said this would be great take my family I can kind of you know kind of get out and be me a little bit more mm. and um, and yeah, do that because I've been a gospel radio announcer here in Cincinnati. I've been a part of a large mega church in their youth ministry and youth department and um, been kind of handcuffed. Okay. Um, so I didn't want to kind of rock that boat. So I thought it was time to go. 
and but clearly knew that there were lots of people in this city and in this region that needed um, a, a radically inclusive church and needed someone that would stand up and be bold enough to speak. And what year was was that? Um, that was like uh, late two thousand two. Okay. Yeah, and so I, you know, um, and I had a had a mentor. I considered him a mentor. I think he considers himself to be my mentor as well. Um, or someone who's certainly supported me throughout this journey. Um, and uh, he he said to me, you know, it's time for you to stand up and, and speak out for your people. <laughs> what does, now, what does radically <laughs> inclusive mean? So for, for, for me, radically inclusive, you know, is, is really a theology of um, beyond welcome. Is, and, and why I say that beyond welcome is because we have a lot of welcoming churches. We have a lot of welcoming ministries, welcoming synagogues, you know, welcoming, even welcoming mosques. But to be radically inclusive, right, is, is that you'll go beyond and you will not only welcome, but you will affirm and include. And so radically inclusive to me um, means that we not only welcome those people in, but we affirm them right where they are. And then we include them in the opportunity to minister, then the opportunity to participate. You know, there's a lot of churches and a lot of places of faith that you can go. But if you but are not including you. right, if you're saying gender loving, you can be present, but you can't really get up here and sing in a choir. Some you can churches be, you can't be present. Well, lots of places um, you can't be present for numbers of reasons, you know. Historically, the church has been used and the Bible has been used to oppress and exclude people um, since the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you'll find those places, but there, there are many places though, um, to me that's more harmful is when they say we welcome you, but we really don't include you. Um, and so until you assimilate to our culture, our way of living, our way of being, you're not really included there. And so really, are you even welcome? So yeah. the, the, the title of this is Spirituality and the LGBT Community. Right. And so let's let's get down to some some questions now well, that we know well, who we're I, talking I have, to. Well, I have a question. Okay, go I ahead. I have a question. Now, because you mentioned how the church can use things against people who are not ready to formulate into what they include as normal. And they'll use the Bible as a weapon. So how, how do you help fight that from that because that's the biggest thing is that the Bible says this so what would you say to our listeners who are are going through that situation where they're trying to figure out what the Bible really says as opposed to what people are saying it says I challenge them first of all the Bible don't talk so it doesn't say anything <laughs> but how does it read and so what what we know is that the pages of the Bible and I'm actually holding up one like right yes, so she is 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 literally ink on paper and what we know about this uh, book is that this book has been translated and it has transcended while the message of the Bible transcends time the words um, that are on these pages are oftentimes for that particular generation and time period so over time those words have been translated to mean um, have different meanings to um, and so helping people to learn to read the Bible differently um, and read the Bible in context of where it was originally written and helping people to understand that. Black church hasn't really done a great job of that. 
um, most of us in the black community, um, if we've grown up in a traditional black church experience, we can, we were in a church where we had received theology. In other words, we sat down in a pew, we heard a preacher preach, and we received what the preacher said, right? Who was supposed to be exegeting, taking right. out of the text and giving it to us. But the thing is, most of the time they were ingeating, they were putting into the text um, their own thoughts, their own opinions, and not really exegeting it, and never giving us the skills as congregants to know how to do that for ourselves. So what's a little different about Truth and Destiny is we try to teach you how to exegete the scripture yourself and just how to plainly read the, the text in context of the time period in which it was written, which means you need to know some history. You need to understand some, some things. Okay, so what I just heard is that the church is teaching how to study for themselves. And most of the time studying to their doctrine, mm -hmm. not studying, you know, the, the, the scriptures purely. Right. Um, and, and I get that because even in the text uh, of, the, of the Bible, we will find different theologies. You know, you will find um, a myriad. I, I give you an example um, in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah opens up, you know, in Isaiah 1 speaking that um, the, he is the prophet that is speaking to the people of Jerusalem and Judah um, when there were four different kings, Isaiah, um, all the way through Hezekiah, right? Each one of those, though, represented different theologies. They, you know, they, they came in, so there was the Davidic theology, believing that the heir of, of David would always be on the throne. There were those who believed in Zion theology, which said God's present. So, so God was present with the king as long as the king, right, was of David's lineage. What happened when it wasn't David's lineage? So was God not with that king? Um, then you have Zion theology, which said that um, God is present in the city, in Zion. Well, where was Zion? Zion was Jerusalem. So does that mean God wasn't present in Judah? God wasn't present anywhere else? I mean, Canaan was big. So, you know, all of those different theologies, and but people don't really know that there's theology in the Bible. There is a thought about God. And so when we help people to understand what what theology really is, and it's okay, each one of us, we got a different theology. How to, who is God to you? Who is the God of your understanding? And so, you, so when you begin to help people to understand that, then people begin to understand where they fit. Wow, so, that was deep. In, in plain text for the common person, what does the Bible say or interpret or mean for same-sex relationships? Um, I believe that what, what it says for, for people is that God is love. God created and is the inventor of love. And love is a, is a pure attribute. Um, like and lust, that's the problem. But love is a pure attribute um, that comes from God. And so what it says plainly to them, uh, you know, if we look at scripture text, in Isaiah 56, 5, it, it says to the eunuchs, to the sexual minorities, to the ones that were considered an abomination even in that time because they were not able to produce children. I will make, though, for those who keep my Sabbath, in other words, for those that will worship me and that will come into my temple, then I will make your names greater even above those 
of my sons and daughters, those the very elect are called because those people will keep the Sabbath. So I say to people that God created love. God created you in love and you are who God created you to be. So be that. The sin, if we want to talk about the sin, is you pretending to be somebody you're not. Wow, okay. Well, you better say it. That's deep. So what 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 are pastors and churches using to condemn the LGBT community? Because a lot of people in this community feel like the church is just not a place for them. Well, ultimately... So what are some common things that, that you know of or that you've heard of from the LGBT community that people say... Well, or from your personal to, experience. Well, I don't go to church because blank. Or God, you know, is not for me because of blank. Well, ultimately, seven clobber scriptures, you know, that what we call the clobber passages that they try to beat you over the head, starting with uh, Genesis, you know, 19 Sodom and Gomorrah, um, you know, uh, the book of Jude. People are, are you know, that even know um, if you. So what they're using is really scriptures to proof text what they think, not so much um, scriptures in their pure form. And ultimately, my mama said it was wrong. My daddy said it was wrong. Granddaddy said it was wrong. So it's wrong. Mm. Wow. And you're right. You're right. That has been experienced from people that we've talked to and everything like that. And they, they tend to run away from the church because of that. Because they don't want to go to a place that they absolutely feel unwelcomed, even though they're yearning for uh, a connection. And it's almost like man is stopping them from having the connection right so they get in the way and that's been i mean that's that that is exactly what happens man has been stopping folks from worshiping they read the bible they've been you know been been stopping people all along but i think the ultimate thing is especially in the black church we have practiced so much don't ask don't tell um that we we practiced don't (laughs) ask don't tell like the military that's what i was gonna say is military right uh no that's a church that's a church thing too. Yeah, that's a church thing too. Okay. Yeah, don't ask, don't tell. We we know, you know, Deacon Herman all along, you know. Um, as my granddaddy used to say, he a little light in the in the in, in, in the feet there and a little limp in the wrist. Oh, okay. So that's okay, so it's the secret thing of don't ask, don't, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell. It's just the practice. So don't for those, ask, don't tell. Those who are listening, don't ask, don't tell came from the church. Uh-huh. And then went to the military. I believe so. Okay. All right. So we're gonna go to a commercial break and then I have a question when we get back. I wanna know, are LGBTQ people going to heaven? Oh, I'm going to heaven. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back from the break. We are back. And I want to know the answer to this question. Why does that sound like you're about to whisper? It's just us. Just say it. Are we going to heaven or not? Mm. I'm going to heaven. So are LGBTQ people going to heaven? Who ain't going to heaven? Say it. So the reality is this. We all are going to, we are all going to live in eternity. And there's this whole, you know, myth of there's this heaven and there's hell. Well, hell wasn't created for human beings anyway. So I don't believe any of us are going to hell. Now, I believe there are levels, yes, of of this place that we call heaven. And that, yes, LGBT people will be there. Um, And that is because if they are believers, 
because the criteria is if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, right, the Lord Jesus Christ, then you shall be saved. Well, what are we really being saved from? What are we, it's not really being saved in the sense of, oh, save me from hell. It's really uh, being in the sense of I'm coming into relationship with God through my belief in Jesus Christ. That's all it took. That's what Jesus spoke into Abraham. If you believe. Okay. So if they believe, you're going to heaven. You can get your ticket stamped. Right. I think that that was very clear, which a lot of churches don't teach that. Right. So fire and brimstone. You're not going. Right. You know, you just think you're going to hell. You know what you're doing you wrong. you do A, B, C, and D. <laughs> right. Now, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and ask a question. Because a lot of churches have ministers who are up front, who are bashing some of the activities that they are doing themselves. Mm-hmm. How do you think they're dealing with that own conflict within themselves? Because they're sitting there telling the congregants what you're doing is wrong. But the moment they leave the pulpit, they may be doing the same thing. I would say that they're not really hiding it, you know, in, in, in many senses of the word, because, you know, the scripture does talk about a double minded person that's unstable in all their ways. And actually, that person, I think, is is unstable because they are double minded. If you begin to look at their life, things in their life begin to unravel. Um, it's very easy uh, for people who already have a deceptive heart. Um, and, and, a, and a heart that really hasn't been converted. See, I'm a little Pentecostal too in my belief that we don't just need to be saved, right? We don't need to just acknowledge that Jesus is our savior, but we need to then get converted where we can allow Jesus to become our Lord. And so uh, my Lord tells me to live my truth and walk in my truth, mm. right? Because the truth will set you free. <laughs> well, that's what they say. Amen. Well, so you have a whole bunch of people that are able to, you know, be closeted about their behaviors and speak one thing and say another. But that is the, I believe, that group of people that we will hear, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Okay. Mm. Okay. Right? I, before I knew you not. You did all these things in my name, but it didn't bring me any glory. So we deal with in percentages, and you know a lot of people out there. Thinking of 50 ministers in Cincinnati, how many do you think? Percentage. Percentage. How many do you think? What percentage do you think might be messing around? Dabbling. You mean that are? On the DL. That are? Yeah, that are. If you had to give a percentage. 10 to 15. 10 to 15. 10 to 15%. So, okay. Pretty normal. Pretty normal. Society. Now, okay. Full disclosure. Having. Did you just. Do you mean in same sex relationships? Yeah. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Because that number will go back. That number will go up if we're talking about, you know. Oh, and then uh, just adultery behavior. uh, Oh, that's probably 25, 30%. Oh, wow. Okay, so so they're not as perfect as we think they are. No, but they or as they appear to be. They portray that. Yeah, they live that a, life like as they perpetrate right to be. So having had some knowledge, experience of ministers who have dabbled and then going to see them preach and then sitting there and they're bashing it. That happened to you? No, I said I oh, said okay, just check. <laughs> I didn't say me personally. <laughs> Watch it. Watch it, AJ. He tried it. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> and, I, and I'm thinking about that for someone who was very active in a church, um, in the leadership of a church, and was able to look behind the curtain to see all the messiness. Um, what would be your advice for those who are in leadership positions, like for instance, people who are and they're still struggling, are working in that arena with they're being bashed, but they know someone else is doing the same thing. Um, you know, first I would, I would, I would say to them, you know, at that moment, it needs to be about you and your relationship with God. It's not about that person. And, and so you have to dig a little deeper and ask yourself, what is keeping me here? Where if I am, you know, I was in a ministry where I was seeing things like that. And I said, you cannot stand up here and preach integrity to me. And I know that this is what's going on over here. I'm taking this relationship with God serious. So I'll take my chances to live my truth and walk in integrity and it be public and be known. And I think that those are the people who have, you have to ask yourself that deeper question because so many people um, are attracted to the, to the glitz and the glory uh -huh. um, or the spotlight. Or the money. Or the money. And, you know, well, some, some of it's money, you know, but... <laughs> Don't let, don't believe the hype. It ain't as much money in it as people think right. there's money, you know? And so mo most of it is wanting to make themselves feel good. And so I think that, you know, that's the first thing. You got to do some introspection. You got to, you know, ask yourself. And then what are you, what are you believing God holds you accountable to? Mm -hmm. um, and then you got to get with some folks that can help you heal. Because that creates church hurt. It creates disappointment, you know? Um, from from the perspective of maybe it's someone that you really do love and want the best for, but you know that this this thing they're doing is not in truth, and that's ultimately going to hurt them, and it's going to hurt you if you keep sitting in it and staying in it. You know, I have a big question to lots of uh, particularly gay people: Why do you keep staying in churches that bash you anyway? Mm. I don't care if it is one. I mean, something is wrong with people who have been oppressed to stay in a place that continues to oppress them and then write them a check. Because, well, because mama goes there and uncle goes there. It's comfortable. They grew up there. So is it? It's comfortable. Is it, and it's comfortable enough for you to tolerate discomfort once or twice a year? Mm. I think so. I think some people Not are my, comfortable even in their own mess. They get comfortable. With your checkbook, though. Well, and you don't, you don't, you, <laughs> I mean... This, that's the true and thing. Some people just go to the church because their family went there. Right. And they know the minister is going to get up there and say something about their sin. And sometimes point them right out. Exactly. And well, they still go there. And, and the crazy thing about it is they may have did the sin, that the so-called pastor sin, with the with pastor. His, with the pastor. Really? With the pastor. I went there. And, 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 and here's the thing. That is when we have to look at people and say, you know, mental health is really serious. Mm. Right? There's something wrong with a person who continues to be in in the abuse mm -hmm. with the abuser because that's abuse at that point right and 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 because a lot of times you know things like that happen and you'll hear well this can't happen again you know this was just well why did it happen in the first place well because I, I know that I did not have an unintentional experience I know a, a pastor who would just after the incident, would say, let's pray together. You do? Yes. Yeah, I've heard that. I've, I've counseled with people Does that in that situation. Does that fix it? Does it make it go well, away? For, for, for the person, prayer, I think it makes them think it goes you away. You know, prayer, 
And the way they're utilizing prayer is, is, is they're saying, oh, but we can just ask God to forgive us because we had a oops. Mm, that was a planned oops because you were at the hotel, so you planned that. But anyway. So you might have been in the pastor's office. Uh-oh, oh, no, wait a didn't. minute. Wait a minute now. They got, they got beds in the office? Uh, who said you didn't make a bed? Oh, a desk. You don't Floors need a desk. just fine. Okay, wait a Carpet minute. Carpet burns. Wait, so uh. you, talked about, you talked about a church hurt. How can people move past a church hurt? You know, give me three things that people can do to move past church or spiritual hurt. Confess it, that they're hurt. That That's a lot of times people try to cover that up. Um, second is release. You got to release the source of, of the hurt from, you know, in other words, yes, you do have to forgive them. You have to let it go. It doesn't mean you forget what they did, but you let it go. And then um, lastly, you have to allow uh, God into that that place to heal it, right? Healing comes through God. Healing doesn't come through you finding another place where you're comfortable. Healing doesn't come through uh, surrounding yourself with people that will just validate and affirm you. Healing comes through truly having relationship with God and coming to an understanding of who God is to you. Can you think of some other radically inclusive churches in Cincinnati besides Truth and Destiny? Well, there are lots of churches, again, out there. Um, there are not a lot in the African-American community, um, but there's certainly um, the, the United Church of Christ is not a, a, a welcoming, is not a affirming, completely affirming denomination, but there is a movement within the United Church of Christ called the Open and Affirming um, churches and there are many churches around uh, the region between Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana that are radically inclusive um, and welcome you and affirm you and, and where you are. Um, First United Church of Christ, I, I could think of Pastor Dan. Where is that? Right. Um, that's over in College Hill. Okay. Over in College Hill. Um, there's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, several pastors in the city that are are inclusive their congregations may not you know they don't put a signpost out um but you know one of my great mentors i believe he's a a very uh inclusive of people and people will be shocked um but that's uh, new jerusalem baptist church um reverend damon lynch the father Mm -hmm. um uh, you know is um is 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 definitely welcoming um and and uh you know what the stance of the church is? Oh no! But you know, back in the day, he had a rumble with the Baptist ministers over that very issue, no. and uh, we we can thank him uh, and accredit him for actually um, the work in the black church, the beginning of the work in the black church that moved the needle for us to repeal Article 12, which you know did away with the law and the books in Cincinnati that said you couldn't even make a law that included sexuality. Oh, wow. So you're into politics, right? Mm, just a little bit. A little bit. You ran for office for city council. Mm-hmm. Are you going to run again? I believe so. Yes, I am. Oh, you heard it here. Right. You heard it you're here. You're going to have to get her to come back when she <laughs> is on her campaign trail. Yes. That's a whole different that's conversation. That's a whole different thing. The political <laughs> piece thing. of it, which would be an awesome conversation. But we're going to go to another commercial break. And then we'll be right back. That's the end of it.
Hey, this is Bryce, and we're back. And we're just having this nice conversation. I don't want to say we're having a segment. It's just been a conversation. Um, and we build it as spirituality within the, the gay community. But it's just really just spirituality in general. Because um, it doesn't make a difference who you love, long as it's love. Because love comes from God, as we were learning in the beginning of this segment. Pastor, can you give us some more information on just real quick and fast before we wrap this up um, on some helplines. Do y'all have a helpline at the church or can they just reach out to different people that you feel that can help some of our individuals out there well, that you, struggle? Sure. Um, you can definitely um, reach us. You can check us out on our, our, our website at truthanddestiny.org. That's all one word spelled out. Um, truth and A-N-D, destiny.org. Um, there are several, um, you know, if you need help, of course, we, you know, um, encourage you to to reach out, um, if, especially if you're dealing with some mental health and some suicidal tendencies to, to call the, the, the helpline. Um, and there is a national um, line called the Trevor Project. Um, and through the Trevor Project, that will actually connect us. We're kind of, you know, we're one of the, the groups for that. Locally in Cincinnati, um, they're safe and supported through Lighthouse Youth Services um, that you can contact them and they will get you connected. Quite honestly, a lot of people do direct referrals straight to me. And okay. so, you know, people can reach me at um, 513-952-2298. That's 513-952-2298. And we will get you connected. And I would just encourage people to, you know, look into um, nationally, there's the Fellowship of Affirming Ministries. There's a group called APCI, which is the Apostolic Pentecostals um, as well. Um, there are actually movements in almost every denomination now. And um, locally also, um, there's a brother who is uh, my colleague as a UCC minister, but we also sit together on a national board um, and that's Reverend Derek Terry. And he does some phenomenal work um, in this arena. Okay, so I'm just gonna go ahead and throw out an invitation to have you back. Cause sure. I think there's more to discuss. And so we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. And so this is AJ. And this is Bryce. And we are Filter, Filter No Filter Brothers. Thanks for listening. You can always find us on Instagram, Spotify, and Anchor at Filter No Filter Brothers. Also on Facebook at AJ and Bryce Filter No Filter Brothers. And if you'd like to email us, we have AJ and Bryce 51 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you soon.